101, get out your notebooks, and let's start class, shall we? Excuse me, class. My apologies. Now, just a forewarning, it's kind of windy over here. So if we lose connection, do not worry. You don't be penalized. You still get credit for the class today. But take out your uh, folders. Let's take some notes because it might be on the pop quiz. So today we're going to focus strictly on animal facts, something quick and easy, uh, but also very interesting and fun. And we have two very different sets of animals uh, we are going to talk about. So let's jump in and our links are up on the board. So if you need to learn more or study up, go check out those there. Worldwildlife.org, WWF, one of the biggest and best um, animal protecting agencies, has put together some of what they call relatable facts about endangered species. So first up, giant pandas like to snack all day they can spend up to 10 to 16 hours just eating. Um, wow. Thank you, Brisby. I appreciate that. If at any time you got to hop off, I understand, but we appreciate the love. Thank you for uh, staying up for us here. So hopefully you get something good out of this. Um, they can also eat between 26 to 84 pounds of bamboo each day as well. So, and that depends on... Uh, what part of it they're eating, they can eat, I believe, all pieces of it. So next time you hop to the fridge to grab a snack, you're channeling your inner panda. All right, class, next tip here, or next fact here. Tigers go for the dip, go for dips to cool off. Tigers need access to clean water to survive because without it, they're not able to regulate their heat. One of the only cats that actually enjoys water these animals will spend loads of time uh, lounging, floating, and swimming in their nearby lakes. Now, if for some reason the lake might be filled with some delicious food for them, such as maybe fish or wading birds, they will pick off and grab a snack as well. Number three, Asian elephants maintain friendships over time and space. Not only do we already know that elephants are super sociable, but Asian elephants specifically are enjoy forming groups that are led by the oldest and most experienced female, otherwise known as the matriarch. Important words to remember, guys. The more we learn about their social dynamic, the more we realize how vast their networks are. And they've actually shown that elephants that haven't seen each other but are from the same herd and might have even, um, you know, crossed many areas away from them, will still recognize each other if they return or meet up again. How cool is that, guys? They know who is who, even if they are, they've disappeared and decided to come back. All right, number four, polar bears are mostly solitary. However, they will gather if food is involved. Oh, look, another bear that enjoys eating. So while they are solitary creatures and most only come together to mate and then move off, it is not strange to see a group of them around a beached whale or other large meal. Most likely, and I'm not sure if other bears do this because I've never seen this happen to other bears, but 
probably because of their lack of food sources, one reason why they're endangered, they probably will take any opportunity they can to grab a bite. It's easier for them if the animal is already deceased. However, it wouldn't be surprising to see them in action hunting as well. Keep in mind, like most bears, they need to store much of their fat to survive because they will hibernate. And the reason why they can hibernate is because they have so much fat and in, in stored inside of them that they can last the months that they go without eating. All right, um, I believe this is number five. Sea turtles travel for life. From egg on, that turtle will continue its journey throughout. Uh, many species like the loggerhead will migrate the entire Atlantic Ocean. Think about that. Think about how big the oceans are and how, I guess, small a turtle is in that giant ocean. Um, they will get to their destination through a combination of strategic swimming and also passive drifting. A lot of animals will do this. If they're able to float, they will allow the ocean current to pull them, not only to rest, but it also does store their energy. Think about how um, much these guys have to swim. After a while, your flippers, in their case, are going to get tired. Think about when your arms, you know, and feet and or arms and legs are going. It gets tiring swimming. So once in a while, floating along are it is great. Number six, lions nap like champions. Sleep is precious to lions, and they literally are the OG cat napper. They spend a substantial portion of their daily lives napping, and they may sleep up to 20 hours a day. Might make you feel a little jealous, being that we don't get to do that often, if at all. But not surprising, because most of the time, you'll see males sleeping under a tree, if you watch any of those documentary shows. Number seven, black-footed ferrets are super chatty. Many weasels and other rodents do actually talk a lot through their squeaks, chatters, and vocal sounds. These guys make a number of sounds throughout their day. They'll communicate with chatters, hisses, whimpers, and they'll even bark. While mostly solitary during the breeding season, they will communicate often and with a variety of noises. So, it's kind of like your neighbor. You don't necessarily um, meet with them on a regular basis, but once in a while you might say hi because they're there, but really you're too busy, well, either sleeping or taking care of the household. And number, what is that? Number eight, I believe, is our last one here. Humpback whales are melodious vocalists. Who doesn't love a good song, right? Well, we know that whales actually have songs, hence the whale song, and every whale has their own. They're one of the most vocal marine mammals, and they make noise and sound to communicate. Well, that makes sense, right? Um, these guys remind us that we are all interconnected um, and all important to the tapestry of life. But really, all of these animals uh, show that, whether it's the elephant, the panda, or even the tiny ferret, these guys are important to know and important to save. So do what you can, um, you know, recycle. Um, take out anything that could be dangerous to wildlife in your backyard. Uh, do what we do, put up some bird feeders or birdhouses for the cold when they need a place to roost. Um, you can even do bat houses. At least over here, bats are a great way to get rid of 
pests and other um, little creatures that you don't want. And you build them a little bat house, which guys is basically a birdhouse with a little bit bigger of a hole. So it's not that much different. You give them a place to rest in the winter when they need to. All right, class. So what'd you think? Good facts there. Good stuff so far. So remember, hope you're taking notes. You might have to know this later. Lastly, let's talk some cute farm animals. And of course, my computer decided. There we go. All right. Oh, there you go, see? They are great to have in the backyard. And as I just mentioned, they actually help get rid of those nasty little things you don't want. So the MSPCA, one of the uh, PCAs around the country, wrote down some really interesting farm animal tips. We're moving from the wild to the farm and you might actually learn a thing or two. So number one, this one I thought was interesting, but I, I love this stuff. And I've actually learned a lot of these when I was working at the zoo a while ago. So I'm going to share the ones that are my personal favorites. Goats make great companions for other animals, such as horses, cows, and chickens. Goats are kind of like the dogs of the farm world, which is kind of funny because a lot of farms have dogs to protect their goats and their sheep and stuff. But goats are like the dogs of the farmhouse. They get along with almost everybody and... They kind of love the attention. If you've ever seen goats or been able to play with them, we now have goat yoga, if you guys have heard of that. Goats are extremely cute. Yeah, they bite, but who doesn't? But uh, goats are something that if you do have a farm or you have an open area and you have some animals that might need some friends, get a couple goats. Number two, sheep bleat and their newborn can actually identify their mother by their bleat. So the bleat is that baa sound that a sheep makes, and the baby knows exactly who's whose. This is something that many animals, domestic or wild, have to make sure that they meet up with the right family. Of course, you don't want the wrong baby going to the wrong parents, so the uh, through you know evolution, sheep have, been f have learned to figure out which is which. It's interesting because to us, all the bleats sound the same, obviously not to them. Going back to goats, did you know that they were the first animals to be domesticated? Many historians have found this, but if you want to go even farther back, read the Torah or the Bible. Many a times we have some of the first animals that are in the stories were goats followed by sheep. Um, most likely, uh, because the goat is so vastly spread out, North America, South America, Europe, and Asia, everybody probably had their hands on a goat. The fact that it got lucky enough to be number one, cool beans. Not really sure how it exactly happened, but my guess is that it was so pronounced everywhere that, well, that's what happened. Did you know that goats are also the cleanest of animals and much more selective than other farm animals such as cows, sheep, pigs, chickens, and even dogs? Uh, they do eat many different species of plants but do not want to eat food that has been contaminated or that has been on the ground. Hey, sounds like I want to make sure that my food has not been on the ground. Um, and while I do eat a variety of food, I do want to make sure that my food is not contaminated or dirty or anything. So there you go. Who would have thought that such a cute animal actually pretty smart? 
Not actually. I knew that. The chicken is the closest relative to the T-Rex, and they can lay multicolored eggs. The Americana and the Araucana lay green or blue, depending on the species. So those two facts go together, and the reason I gloss over the first one, because I feel like a lot of people know the T-Rex fact, but if you didn't, they have found out that due to bone and body structure, uh, dinosaurs and birds really are almost identical, and you can't even say minus the feathers because, well, a lot of them were feathered. That velociraptor we have in Jurassic Park, he actually should have some feathers on him, not scales like a reptile. And as far as the colored eggs, many people believe it's probably the food or what the chicken is eating. However, some say it might just be an evolution thing. But either way, check it out. Look up colored chicken eggs. They are beautiful. They almost look like they are hand-painted. Pigs are considered the fourth most intelligent, right after chimps, dolphins, and elephants. This is super true, considering what they can do. Way back in the 1800s, they were used to truffle hunt. Unfortunately, they also enjoyed a good truffle like we do, so they would usually eat them, hence the reason why we moved to dogs. However, you can teach a pig almost anything you can teach a two to four-year-old child. You can teach them how to dunk a basket. You can teach them numbers. You can teach them shapes. And a couple pigs actually know colors as well. Again, it's probably similar similarities in brain structure to what we have as they do. And they might just have an area in their brain like we have that is able to remember and focus on differences and similarities. Um, let's pop off a couple more here. Uh, female ducks are called hens and male ducks are called drakes. Hens are usually used in many bird species, so that's not word. However, drakes are interchangeably used. I believe in Old English, many a duck was called a drake, which was a misnomer. However, we now know that drake is what you call the male duck, and a duck is a duck. Um, let's see. Lastly, let's do one more duck one here. Duck feathers are waterproof, and that comes from a special gland near the tail that produces an oil that covers its feathers. Think about it how you would oil or how you uh, seal a house to make sure rainwater doesn't come into your home. That's exactly what a duck has on its back. Hence the reason if you ever watched a duck in slow-mo, water literally goes right off a duck's back. Also where you get that phrase. All right, guys, thank you so much. I'm glad you guys showed up for Biology 101. For those who didn't, you're not gonna get credit, but for those who did, thank you so much. I'm just kidding though. You can watch this on replay, get your school credit. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button on YouTube and Twitch. We're also on Discord and Post. We're gonna have a fun art class there today. So get your paints out. We are gonna paint. Until then, have a wonderful day. Thank you for watching and stay curious. Bye everybody.